Raiders of Teferi's Puzzle Box is rated M for mature audiences only and may contain nudity, sexual situations, strong language, and monsters that will eat you. The thoughts and opinions stated by Sam, Josh, and Clarence are their own and in no way reflect MTG cast, Wizards of the Coast, Hasbro, or our mom, who tried really hard to teach us the right things to do and say. The following impressions left by Raiders can be helped by strong antipsychotic meds and therapy. Do not swim for up to two hours after listening to Raiders of Teferi's Puzzle Box. Previously on Raiders of Teferi's Puzzle Box. Hey, this is Patrick Swayze, and you're listening to Raiders of Teferi's Puzzle Box. Roadhouse. <laughs> That's a wonderful story about you eating meat, Clarence. Yes. I like it when you tell stories about eating meats. Uh, Alright, so... Um, I dated this chick named Neva. Say the name again. Neva. <laughs> oh my god! Yes, we all have friends. You bullhead! <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about this one! <laughs> That's awesome, go on! Okay, okay. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, anyway. I thought you dated her too. Or was it just no, her? no, I didn't date her. Dude, she, she I thought was... it was something we all three had. No, it was Claire. Claire's did her. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> I did not do her. Don't lie. She sucked me out. Go on, Josh. Tell us about Neva. Okay, well, I met Neva very recently after she decided to change her life. And in changing her life, she moved in with some very nice people who weren't her parents. And uh, so she, she changed her name. Or, or, like, went by her middle name, which was Stephanie. And I met her as Stephanie. And she was... She's a little cutie, right? Am I, am I mistaken on this? Like, not, like, hot, but, like, she was cute. Ish. Somewhat attractive. Yeah. And she had, she had nice boobies. And she was very impressionable. Very impressionable. <laughs> she called people Paul heads, dude. <laughs> <laughs> if she came up with that, I would be very shocked. <laughs> Do you I, Have you ever heard anybody else say it? It has to be her own period. After she said it, and we all heard it, I heard lots of people say it for about two years. Because right. we all made fun of her. Right. A lot. I never said that she was an intelligent young woman. She was not. By any means. She was black. Right. And, uh, <laughs> so I bought her some flowers and I took her on our first date. Anyway. <laughs> I'm still living at home you with my... You that shit like a banana. Go on. I'm, I'm still living at home with my mother at this point in time. And so we're at, we're at our house and our stepfather, Steve, is out in the living room while I'm in my bedroom with a door shut. And... I'm like, all right, if we're going to have sex, you know, I don't want to hear it. So I turned up the TV really loud. <laughs> that just doesn't make sense in the long run, right? You're at like, the time, it made perfect sense. Bring you're like, on I'm in. about to die. Right? <laughs> Invite him. Just put a sign on the door, step right in, please. Right. So I guess at some point in time, Steve left. And we're all, we're naked. And an interesting fact about me was last year. You know this? <laughs> He does, he just can't remember. She has inverted nipples. <laughs> she has inverted nipples. I mean, I mean that was as fascinating as boobs get. I mean, right? We all like the first time you saw boobs. Right, and then it's like, you're like, here's boobs plus two, you know? Because there's more to it. It's like, not only are there boobs, you get this weird thing going on where you can... Can you bring them back in? Yeah, you, you try, try harder. Absolutely. 
Yes, you can. And uh, <laughs> I always wanted to know. I never so tried. Anyway, my stepfather left at some point in time, and there's nobody in the house but us, and we're really close to getting ready to, to, to uh, do it. And that's when I hear somebody walking towards my door. And it was Michaela, who was like nine years old at this point in time. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, it's literally like you see on TV. I hear it coming, so I jump up, and I, I'm able to slam my foot down in front of the door just so it to stop the crack. And I'm like, hey, what's up? And she's like, do you know where mom is? I'm like, nope, no idea. Did you look outside? <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, yeah, Taylor ruined the moment. I didn't ever get to have sex with either. I was entertaining myself that night by walking right. through everyone's campfire. <laughs> This girl's hanging out and following me around. She's 18. Wait, did you just do air quotes? No, I was just okay. pointing. Okay, so to make sure. She was 18, air quotes. <laughs> as far as I know, she was 18. Episode 17. You can find us on Facebook at Raiders of the Fairies Puzzle Box. iTunes. iTunes. There's also where you can subscribe and download if he you want. Excited about it write us a review. Uh, damn it, you said subscribe. I know. I, I took it right out from underneath you. Um, you can email us at Yahoo, Raiders of Fairies. And we appreciate the email, Sam. Oh, yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter, Raiders at of FTB or TBF. Or Raiders of TPB. Oh, boy. That's where you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter. I like talking about... I put up magic stuff and also put up non-magic stuff, so, I mean, it's whatever. Just so you know, most of those tweets are Sam, so... Most. I'd say about 80%. If you don't agree with something that's said, bash Sam. Yeah. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I'll take all the bashing you can give me. (laughs) If you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. I'm Josh. Hi, I'm Sam. I'm grape flavored. I'm Clarence. And we're starting a three-week period where we're going to bring on our wives. And tonight we have... Ashley. Get a little closer. <laughs> Say it again. Ashley. And She's my wife, and I like her. Yes. Ashley, how old Despite are you? all those things I've we said on... We all like her. Despite all the things <laughs> I've said on recent podcasts, I really do love this woman. How old am I? Yeah. 24. 24. How long have you guys been married? 
Four years. Four years. Yeah, it'll be four years. How long have you been voting? It was four years. It was four years, like a month ago. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, I was thinking of the anniversary of our meeting. Do we get? No, Saturday was the, well, yeah, pretty much. (laughs) The anniversary of the first time we had sex, a.k.a. our first You remember that, but not your actual anniversary. That's pretty awesome, dude. No, I remembered our anniversary, too. We have our marriage certificate on the wall so that I do remember. Well, I'm I wonder if that's why Candace hung ours up, so I would <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to forget, I, you know, whatever. Okay, well, talking about the, your first date, how old were you when you lost your virginity, Ashley? Sixteen. Sixteen. Fifteen. Fifteen. And 15. when you... Fourteen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was eleven. I don't remember. <laughs> I was eight, damn it. What's virginity? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Um, Alright, so the the, the was it a, a guy you dated first? What? You're, when you lost your virginity, you lost it to a guy? No. No? You no. lost it to a chick. What was her name? Ashley. Wow. We're, uh, it doesn't count. <laughs> Masturbation doesn't count. <laughs> having someone with this, having sex with someone the same name as you, because I've done it, is, is, is masturbation. Well, masturbation... So you've had sex with someone named Sam? Yeah. A dude? That's hot. Anyways... I think he wrote us an email, right? No, <laughs> no, I'm joking, Sam. We got you, Sam. Thanks for the email, though, like Sam said. Um, so, you lost your virginity when you were 15 to a chick named Ashley. The The first time you guys had sex, did you come? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. Okay. Oh, that's, you're very fortunate. Most don't. But I guess she was with a girl, though. That's, right, that's I guess, all the difference right, in the world, You know what really. you're doing around there, that's a lot different. That makes sense. Um, if it was with a guy, you probably so wouldn't have. When it when it all went down and it happened, like tell me, like were you super surprised about it? When what went down? Your first, she went first down. time. <laughs> yeah. Like, and where were you? In my room. In your room, and she was there. I'm not really talking about the location. I'm more interested in the fact that you had an orgasm your first time having sex. It seems pretty rare that a girl does that. It happens easily. For you. Yes. Okay. You're so lucky. Among, yeah. I know. Because I was going to totally like, start saying some shit about, like, stuff. Yeah, but if Among the women you know the in the, the circles you run around with, or even some you don't, how many women on a percent basis would you say don't have an orgasm regularly when they have sex? I don't know. Like, if Take you, a shot you never talk about it with your friends? Know. Well, I do, but there's only certain friends I talk about it with, and... They're all good? Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think we're all good. <laughs> right? <laughs> we're all high-fiving each other. <laughs> okay, that, I, I guess I was looking more for... We want to know names of chicks no. that don't have orgasms. So we can <laughs> not, even that, man. not even that. That is not happening. <laughs> I'm just... I'm surprised at the number of women that don't ever climax. And, I mean, not that they don't ever, just that they don't on a regular basis. My wife says it's easy, but it's really me. So any woman out there that... Never mind. Well, My no, wife's right That's there. not where we were going. What we were trying to say, I guess, is that it's so abnormal. It, like, I had a, a chick talking to me at my work the other day, and she was saying that she's never had an orgasm. Would you mind guessing how old she is? 17. 30. 22. Somewhere between you and her is like 26 or something. Wow. Yeah, had quite a few partners, never had an orgasm, according to her. That's sad. It is, right? And I thought that was really strange. Uh And then 
right? That's, and it's not like I want to have sex with her, but I was like, I feel horrible for you. I want to fix that. <laughs> I want to make this happen like, for you. Let me let me work on this. I can do it. Introduce <laughs> it. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> no. We do live in a smaller town, and I guess if you want to own a vibrator, you have to order it offline or have a different like connection. There's not a place where you can really go and get one. Is that is that a true statement? Would we you almost say? have to go to another state. Almost. You'd have to travel at least 45 minutes to yep. an hour and a half to acquire any sex toy. Yep. Is that true? I, I didn't know. I thought, like, yeah, we had those shops here. At, like where? Ashley nodded, by the way. <laughs> uh, I thought, well, we had that one shop in town that had some shit, but Uncle Mike's has, like, this whole selection, I thought. Oh, the, I haven't been I'm in there. Never I been don't in go there. in there. Like, so they have this There's this room. other place by McDonald's that I don't know what it is yet. Oh, it doesn't. But, it doesn't have any sex stuff in there. Have you been in there? Yeah. What is that? That's the place, place. he's been talking shot. about. That he's oh, it's a headshot. Okay. Yeah. Probably gonna have to edit that out. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, right. um, let's go ahead. That's what I wanted to ask you about. See, it wasn't so bad, was it? <laughs> what? Just the, I wanted to ask. He wanted to try and make you feel uncomfortable. That was his goal there. Now he, I think, by the giggling. Or the, when you covered your face with your hand and started <laughs> laughing and said, yeah. "Oh my god!" Uh, I, I call it successful. Right. That's, I, Good I job, success. When you guys, when you and Clarence do have sex, are you the initiator most of the time? No, not at all. Okay. I have been recently, though. Give me a break. She's right. She has initiated at least twice. Oh fuck you! That's what what you say. At least it's on topic. <laughs> Great. All right, let's uh, move right into our entertainment. Um, uh, I wanted to say something real quick. Yeah, go ahead, and bring to it say up. something here. Uh, I want to say first thanks to the man manuscript, the guys at Manuscript Tangent and Beamy, because they uh, in their last three shows have talked about us, and that's awesome. And What's we, up, and, guys? And this is we have not brought them up. Well, no, I think I said something yeah, we, about we them. We once. talked about a couple and manuscript. Yeah, we were I, I think about I think manuscript. we even mentioned it. Okay, yeah. So uh, I just want to say thanks, Absolutely. guys, and. Um, and Beamy had said something interesting that got me thinking. He said that uh, we had put ourselves in a very interesting position uh, the way that we present our material. And, uh, you know, that's not a bad thing. I didn't, he didn't mean it as a bad thing. I didn't take it as that. But I just wanted to take a moment and say, uh, say something here in regards to that. Uh, since we... Uh, Clarence, I know what Clarence is going to say here. Since we are all family men, we've been, we, we love magic. We've played it for now 11, 12 years. And if, in case you haven't listened to episode one where we talked about that, uh, go back and listen to it. It was some good stuff. Uh, maybe one day we'll get to go to a big event and do something great, but we're never going to be like serious pro players we're and travel the world. Main yeah, by any means. Like maybe we have what it takes to do that. Maybe we don't. We just don't have the time. Not to mention, I'm not even sure that a pro player could support a family. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, and all of us have kids and stuff, and I. I really thought Clarence... I think it's only because his wife's here. reason I'm like, fuck you, I'm going pro tour all the way, baby. Because that's what he usually says at this point. Uh, so, so the way we, we look at it, magic is an entertainment thing. We, we play it for fun. It, it, it's great fun. So the way well, we I present our material is like... It's, we, we, we like talk about entertainment. And to in the way we view it, that's where magic falls. Well, here's what Sam, I think, is trying to break it down to. Is if you want magic content on the right side of the page of MTG Cast, there's 56 other magic podcasts. Absolutely. And 90% of their stuff is magic related. We like to give you a little bit of something that's not. So, like, But we're still going to talk about magic. It's absolutely, because we love it. 
But we are ma- I, I like to consider as like entertainment for magic players. We are, we are entertainers at the core, and we are here to entertain. And I mean, I love it if you love. I like I. I hope you like it. If not, you know whatever. You'll listen to something else. There's plenty of others. Yeah, I hope you like it. If not, you don't have to. I love my wife. <laughs> I love Clarence, I wish you would stop saying that every episode. I mean, they don't care. I love Liam. It's awesome. Um, so what's the most entertaining thing you guys... Did you say I love Liam? I love Liam. Oh, Liam. I love Liam. Okay. Do you really love Liam, Brick? Or are you just saying the things you see? I love Desk. I love Stapler. I love Lamp. Anyway. Um, Clarence, why don't you tell us what's the most entertaining? Okay, so I went to Mayhem. And that's probably the most entertaining thing that I did this week. Or, Tell us a little bit. And what is it? What's Mayhem? Uh, it's a metal fest. It was in Oklahoma City. And I got to see Rob Zombie and Korn and a lot of other bands. Chimera, you were amazing. Because uh, he listens. Atreyu was cool. Lamb of God was Dude, awesome, as always. I always <laughs> go see Lamb of God. Uh, and then... I have another one because that, that that was just something I did. But uh, the best media I've seen sure. or heard, football's back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Preseason football started. Preseason football started. Eli Manning got his head busted open, and it was awesome because yeah, yeah. I'm a Cowboys fan, and I hope he has a concussion and can't play for the whole season. I just don't like the name Eli, and I hope he burns in hell because I, I I'm a Cowboys fan. He's in the NFC East. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> well, that's very nice of you. Hi, this is Eli name? Manning, and you're listening huh? to Raiders at Fairy's Puzzle Box. <laughs> Eli Manning. Who was the dude from Rocky Four? The, the Russian, what's his name? It was uh, Drago. Drago. Ivan Drago. Ivan uh, Drago. If he dies, he dies. <laughs> yep. So that's what I've seen and done. Ashley, what's what is the most entertaining thing you watch, and why do you keep using ends there? Entertaining, entertaining, <laughs> right? What has entertained you this week, Ashley? Uh, My penis. It would be True Blood on HBO. That's too bad. Lots of hot vampires. Remember HBO? There's so, so many. No, I'm this episode. talking about it. It's when Clarence talks about it that I have a problem. <laughs> this episode, there are so many topless chicks with perfect boobs. What episode was it? Tell us a little bit about it, man. What, well, I don't watch it. What, what is True Blood? It's a show about where vampires live in modern day with us, and but that's not it. There's like other superpowers and other there, weird yes, stuff out there. Yes, there are shapes shifters and werewolves. Werewolves. And Suki has some kind of ability, doesn't Suki. she? Suki. The Suki. Yeah, so, so like, she does something neat, doesn't she? I can't remember what. Is there? Uh, I watched like all right, so the show's about. Is this, what is the show about? Vampires. All right, but is there a main character that's not? Okay, there is Sookie, who is not a vampire, who is in love with a vampire. Heard this before. But he's not a regular vampire. Mm. His name's Bill Compton. His name is Bill Compton. He's straight out of Compton. (laughs) He's one of the the older vampires out there. He's like 300 years old or some shit. Older. Oh, okay, I don't know. Go ahead. Maybe that was Angel I was thinking about. Anywho. (laughs) But the best part is that there is this vampire king named Russell and Edgington yeah he thinks that vampires are better than humans and he is out to prove that and at the very end he ripped out a news anchor's spine 
and gave a whole speech about how vampires are better than humans. I'm definitely going to watch this episode. It was amazing. He does. He sits there. Well, maybe you don't know the answer to this, but would you guys compare it to... I haven't seen the show, and you obviously both have. Um, like, the X-Men? Like, uh, Magneto always thought Homo Superior. Yes, so right, exactly right. Like okay. But uh, the, his was so awesome. He's... He rips the guy's spine out, pushes him out of the way, and he's like, don't turn off the cameras, and he's talking about how much better vampires are and how the Vampire League's wrong and that they are going to use humans as food. And then at the end of the thing, he goes, and now for the news, Tiffany. And then the episode's over. It was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty good. Or the weather. You know, everybody always talks about it, so maybe I should check it out. Who knows? And his gay lover was staked by another vampire. Oh, there's gay vampires? Oh, yeah. He's he's been married to this vampire for over a thousand years. That's something (laughs) Joss never covered. (laughs) I'm sure he would have given him enough time. True. But it's 12 years. Go on. His gay lover was staked, right? And so he's laying there. He's just a pool of bloody mass. Sure. So (laughs) Russell. Puts him in a jar. Uh, like, like a crystal vase type thing. Kind of like a Futurama thing. And, and carries and him around and speaks to him like he will get revenge and... I'll take care of you, baby fetus. Uh, I don't think that's what they're talking about. He's not sentient. He's dead. He's yeah. Oh, I understand. Like, face. the head doesn't talk back to it. Like, I completely no, understand it's not that. Head. It's, it's just, just juice. bloody mush. <laughs> just juice. In a Human juice. jar. And he's like... Yeah. That's just a little weird. Um, I'll I, avenge you, hemp knight. Uh, I guess everyone's always talking it's about it, man. Suspense. And you get to see Rogue's boobies. Oh. You get to see Rogue's boobies. I listened to episode 14 today for the first time since I wasn't here for the recording of it. And you and Tim talked about that show Wipeout. That's what Candace and I were just watching before I came out. And Candace was rolling on the floor, floor laughing. It's She's great. like, this show is freaking awesome! It's it simple. So and so we watched it off of your guys' recommendation. You guys finally scored one. It's simple think We watched season three, episode one. They're doing the blind date thing. It's pretty great. You need to watch the one that was on last week. It was like family. It was either like mother-son or father-daughter. Yeah. And it came down to a, a cop is it always his a guy daughter. Is well, they that was the first time they'd done it. Oh, okay. They came down to a cop and his daughter, and they lost to a mother and her son who liked to play board games. <laughs> That's kind of funny. It was interesting. What kind of board games? I, they didn't <laughs> specify. Uh, you want to go next man or shall I? Uh, I'll go ahead. Uh, so, I, I'm like nine years behind watching this movie. It came out in 2002, but I had never seen it. But I watched The Transporter. With Jason Statham, oh, and, yeah. and while the story was incredibly lame, <laughs> it's like the action was awesome. It, it was, was so a, amazing. It was great, great action scenes. It was, it was just, it was that movie sucked except for the. My, and the part that I really want to bring up here is when he played catch the grease up guy, and it reminded me of the catch the grease up deaf guy for Family Guy, like <laughs> ding ding me, <laughs> like just like slipping out of everyone's hands and everything. And, I love the part where he runs over to the bicycle and he jumps on it and knocks off the uh, yeah, pedals yeah, yeah, that have the spike to shoes. That. And, he did, and he did like the uh, the how wrong shit from Tekken, like and he like just did the roundhouse over and over and over and just took them all out with those fucking spikes on his feet. It was it was amazing. Then he jumps into the water and you see all the oil washing off him and you're like, that's not what would happen because it's oil. <laughs> Right. But whatever, it was awesome. So then I watched that two nights ago, and then this morning I watched Transporter 2. 
haven't seen that. And it, the action, the story is even more lame than the first one. This time he's trying to, he was just transporting a kid to school and <laughs> shit went down. But uh, <laughs> the fight scenes are like a hundred times better. Have you seen Transporter 2? Seen Malty. The the fire hose. Mm-hmm. Remember what I'm talking about? Oh my god! I I was like, was first, fire. he takes on like nine guys. Like it was. It reminded me of Matrix Reloaded when it was a better scene than when Neo took on the hundreds of fucking Agent Smiths. Agent Smiths. Yeah. It was better than that. It was. It was like nine people with like axes and, and samurai swords, and he had no weapons and just took them all out. Like it, it reminded me of that scene, and he eventually even got a pull like. Do you think they copied The Matrix 2 with that scene? Because he got the pull and did half of the moves that Neo did off The Matrix 2. I didn't it was think a lot it was cooler. better. Like, you're saying the action was better? I don't, I don't think it was. Oh, it was so much better. And then he goes right into the firehouse scene. So it was like 35 minutes of just straight badass action. And I was like sitting on the edge of my seat. And then the end scene where they're fighting in the airplane and the, airpl- why the airplane's wrecking. Oh my god. I was like, this is fucking intense. I haven't said that out loud. And so long. It was amazing. It was okay. It was. I really enjoyed it, and I feel really stupid for not watching it. And uh, and tonight, I will probably watch Transporter Three. Uh, is it? Yeah, they go downhill. I, I, in my opinion, they do. Okay. Well, I, the story, like I said, the story was more lame on number two, but it had so much more action, and I thought the fight scenes were better. Like I'll probably continue to watch any transporters they put out just because of one, because one was so good, right? See, I've seen most of the other Jason Statham's work, and I think nothing is compared to that. that yeah, but I like... That was I like, like, I know, his breakout his movie. That first one action. was like his breakout movie, right? Yeah, for him personally. For him personally, yeah. So, like, I think his it's gone downhill, because I've seen a lot of other shows with him, and his action has not been... As top notch as that, it might have just been the director or whatever, but still. Have you seen yeah. Crank? Crank was good. Yeah, I own Crank. Yeah, it is pretty good. Okay, Josh, what was your best media? Um, I'm actually going to drop us back to like episode two and three. I'm going to say it was The Shield. Um, you're still watching it. That's awesome. Where are you? I'm I'm in right towards the end of the middle of season four, and you're almost uh, there. Right. <clears throat> well, Shane, the there's a detective named Shane, and there's a detective named Vic Mackey. Vic Mackey, I'm not saying he's a corrupt cop, but he goes about getting stuff done any way possible. By any means necessary. Right, he has good intentions, and sometimes getting there doesn't really work out the best way and the most legally. If you listen to any of our early podcasts, I talked about S.H.I.E.L.D. a lot and set these characters. Basically, okay, so... Up a lot. They they were partners, and Shane split up because of certain reasons we won't get into, and uh, has fallen into the same habits that Vic got into, but he didn't have the control or the power that Vic did. Bites so, off more than he can chew. Right, he just gets way in deep, and uh, there was a confrontation at the end of this episode that was just really great, where uh, Vic ends up bugging one of Shane's cars and is overhearing Shane oh, yeah. talk about that he has to kill Vic, you know, the the guy that this drug dealer, this drug lord that said, you gotta kill Vic Mackey for me or I'm gonna kill you and your family right in front of you, and so Vic assumes that this meeting that's going to take place at the end of the, this day is going to result in a, a show-off, and, and Shane's going to try to kill him, and they're best, they've been best friends forever. And so the showdown is, it's really cool, very emotional. It is so Probably intense. the best. It's pretty intense. Probably the best I've seen out of the show. Speaking of... That's, that's entertainment. Is it on uh, Netflix? Yeah, you can get it on Netflix anywhere, man. Uh, are, has anybody watched the new show Rookie Blue? Candace has. 
She has it like, on the Hulu for you. It's good, but there's some One such. second. Kenny says it on my. Her Hulu Qui? Quay? <laughs> or, or Q. Or Q. <laughs> Definitely Q. But. No, Q's the guy from Star Trek. And so's the word that you're trying Definitely to say. Definitely Star Trek. <laughs> oh, man. Just but anyway. Keep rifling through that deck of yours. <laughs> rifling so, your deck. So, Sam can't talk, but Rookie Blue is a, it's a new, they're all rookie cops. And Please. on the episode. <laughs> I've heard other people say it that way. Come on. They're wrong, too. <laughs> but if you want to watch like a good said, new cop show, check out the people. good guys. I'm really enjoying that, but I'll talk about that some other time. <laughs> well, let's go. Let's go into our movie. We to the oh movie of the God. week, and I want to get Ashley's opinion, and we'll talk about it a little bit more. Um, like we discussed last week, we're all going to pick a movie and watch it, and then discuss it the next week. Clarence chose Young Guns. This was my week, and I chose Young Guns because I knew my wife was going to be on the podcast, and I've been trying to get her to watch it for about seven years now, and she wouldn't watch it, so now. She had to watch it because we're talking about it. Okay, let's like, pause there. What did you think? It was well, a waste no, of my time. Wait, wait, before, <sighs> before we get into it. Young, tell Guns, us, tell us Young Guns was released August 12th, 1988, and it's a western about Billy the Kid. And who's in it? It stars Emilio Estevez, Kiefer Sutherland, otherwise known as Jack Bauer, <laughs> uh, Jack Charlie Sheen, Blue Diamond Phillips. Uh, Jack Plants, the, the guy that plays Charlie, and the guy that plays Dirty Steve, <laughs> and the bad guy. What's his name? Jack Plants. Yeah, Jack Plants. He was also in City Slickers. He was the yeah. He was Curly. Curly. Thank you. Yeah. And Curly's brother. And Curly's brother. Was <laughs> Curly's brother <laughs> from City Slickers too? That's right. Early. All right. So I'm go sorry. ahead. Waste your time. I hated it. Why? Clarence made it out to be something funny. If, no, it was not. Parts. Is this her opinion? Let her talk. Even the funny parts were not funny. It wasn't interesting. The action scenes were not good. I mean, it was just, it was a crap movie. I hated it. I was miserable the entire time, and I hated it. A little bit of background on my wife. She hates westerns, and she too. hates political movies. And, and it was a. It political was, western. Young Guns is sort of a political western. Why do you say so, that? Because it's all about. Well, it was a Western to begin with, and then it was about, you know, one guy monopolizing everyone else, and, you know. Like, you're talking about the Jack Plant's character? Yeah, he yeah. didn't want Tunstall's store because it competed with his store. Right. He kept telling him to go back to Britain. Mm -hmm. Terrible. Terrible movie. Well, I give so now you guys can rave about it. Go ahead. Well, no, no, I want to keep, want you to keep talking. You know, tell us, like, why you didn't like certain parts. Like, okay, so... Why did the guy just randomly get married to some girl? I mean, they had just met. That was just totally Charlie. unrealistic. Yeah. He had never been with a woman, remember? He no, had no, just, no. like... he'd been with a woman. Unrealistic. Well, the, okay, then what was... I thought that that was the point they were trying to make, make with him. Like, they all gave him money and said, oh, We'll talk thing. about that later. No. I've got remember, they went to the whorehouse, and he visited the woman, and she and, was... And he's like, I just want to hold you, ma'am. I remember that. Yes, you were my first. Like, oh. I'll explain that in a minute. Alright, well, the reason I think that. that he did go in and just get suddenly married is because he felt like he didn't have a lot longer to live. And this was something that he maybe saw himself doing in the future, and he wanted to, I guess, I guess accomplish it. Not to mention he wanted the affection of someone else. He's around... 
guys, and I don't know. And it's because it's a lot. A lot of this is based on history. Uh, the original gang was actually eleven members. The sure. regulators were eleven members. In the movie, Charlie's character dies in the shootout. Well, Charlie's the real Charlie. Buckshot. He didn't die until the shootout in Young Guns Two. But for movie purposes, they had to have him die in the first one. They, you, when they made the first one, did they know they were going to be making another one? Because it kind no, of ended no, very no. conclusively. No, they, they didn't have okay. any at all. That's why they showed... I've always wondered about two years later. Are you sure? No, yeah, was it two years later? Yeah, it, yeah, it was two years later, but no, they didn't know they were making a second one. That's why they showed Pat Garrett twice in the first one as kind of like an... And it was thing. a different actor. I actually checked that. It was a different actor yeah. that played Pat Garrett in yeah, the first one and the second one. So I was curious. But I think the ending was very unrealistic, too. I mean, why did they just sit in the house all night? I know. Why did no one make a move? No one is going to sit there well, the on pins and needles leave. all night. The lady didn't want to leave. She didn't want to leave her shit. Once again, because it's based on factual events, the actual fight well, took four days. But it was why, four days. Why were they able to just walk up. past like this whole battalion and like 30 other people holding guns, pointing guns at them? They uh, just basically walked right past. They just walked out of the house. And a small portion of the army as well. Yeah, I yeah the battalion. it was so unrealistic. That always bothered me. They did stay in the house, and <laughs> just because the lady didn't want to leave her stuff, and not to mention in those days, you built this house, you built this business, you collected these things. She obviously was of a, of a white collar background, and she didn't want to lose these things. She couldn't imagine a life without them, so until they set it on fire and her husband forced her out, she was. And she was still trying to grab shit. As I they just drug feel her that they too. could have found a way out. I really do. Oh, absolutely. It, I'm not the movie. Certainly not without its faults. It's just it's it's great fun, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Not to mention, oh, let's bring up the little the thing at the beginning, um, where uh, it's Charlie, and he's talking about being a regulator, and it, and they that little soundbite is in the Nate Dog. Yeah, it's in Regulator. Regulator. Yeah, regulate by Nate Dog and Warren G. Have you seen that already? Yeah, Nate Dog and Warren G. And like they, they take it straight out of that. Thanks, Casby from Scrubland. I just saw your comment. <laughs> uh, I, we love your show too. I don't think I've commented yet, but well, I let's, intend let's to. Let's talk a little bit about Emilio Estevez and his portrayal of Billy the Kid. I thought it was amazing. I what do you think about that? I think he did a good job, but I mean, Billy the Kid. I don't like the way he went about things. Well, That's no, just no, my he, opinion. He was definitely very against uh, vigilantes. Oh, absolutely, but the guy was yeah. a sociopath. Like, it's documented that he, he, and he wanted was, the attention, and he... He actually, you know... He, okay. he, he needed it. It was crazy. He was absolutely. never the leader of the, the regulators. Either. No, absolutely not. But who who was considered the leader then? I'm curious. Uh, the first one was Dick. There was one in the middle who I can't remember his name. And then the last one was Doc. And I always felt that, well, because he's Jack Bauer, that, yeah, he should have been the leader. <laughs> He's like Captain America of, like, secret agents. <laughs> but now, I don't know. I think Emilio the scene Estevez where they're in the, in the bar with the guy that's going to kill Billy the Kid, Texas Jack or whatever sure. his name is, and he does the whistling, and he's like, oh, I see him. That was, to me, that's Billy the Kid. That's Absolutely. Exactly. He's a complete sociopath, completely crazy. Or what about the, the scene? Go ahead. You want to say something? Even the parts that they tried to make funny... They just weren't funny. I don't. I never really thought any of it was funny. I, like the coyote part. Not, I didn't even think that was funny. No, it wasn't. Coyote was. Awesome. I, I think I was expecting a comedy, 
because yeah. of the way Clarence spoke about it. Yeah. And it See, wasn't like that, that at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Going into it, I guess, if I thought that, yeah, I would have been really disappointed as well. But yeah. It is the only Western that I have ever enjoyed watching. Be, I, unless you consider, do you consider. I lost it. City Slickers? <laughs> not City Slickers. <laughs> I, I want to say The Untouchables, but that's obviously not a Western. No. Uh, Tombstone. Tombstone is a Western. Yes, I'm sorry. I, 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 Tombstone's, Tombstone's <laughs> okay. Head. Tombstone's okay. Tombstone is amazing. it out of the fucking water. Tombstone is amazing. Well, I want to get back so, to some of the I wanted to say that his portrayal was like incredibly charismatic, and that, that crazy little laugh he does. Yeah, it's very spot on. Right, it's like it's almost chilling. And I'm not saying the guy deserved like an Oscar or any kind of like really award, but he should have been mentioned at least. He did such a good job that I would never sit here and like think, like, oh, who would have done a better job of this part like no, I do with Neo and the Matrix was, every time he we talk about it. He was the Joker, it. like Heath Ledger was Batman. Or yeah. like Heath Ledger was the Joker. Like, you don't want to compare him to anybody else. Would you say that Emilio Estevez has ever topped that performance? <laughs> no. No, he hasn't. I don't know. Men try of, try to work. What about Mighty Ducks? Men I've never work. seen Men at Work. I thought that watch, was a, I thought that was watch. like an eighties band. It was, but it was also a movie from the late eighties, and it was awesome. Okay. There's also another thing is like the the accents were really horrible. Some of them did some really bad accents. Yeah. Um, Mexican the, greaser. And the di- yeah, the Navajo. Di- <laughs> 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 yeah, that was kind of annoying. The dialogue was really really weak, but you know, to admit, it had some great lines in it. Many like the whirlwind. <laughs> And uh, I can't think of more. Chavez's speech about they yeah. took more blood from me than the Blue Diamond Phillips. Right. right, there's lines in there that are Jeez. just like Blue so Diamond quotable. Phillips. But uh, yeah, most of the time the dialogue's really weak. I like <laughs> Many a nights I held a knife to your throat, duty Steve. Glad I never killed you. You're alright. <laughs> that was a really good Blue Diamond Phillips impression, by the way. I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> from, from that scene. Like, I can't... I don't know. Can't, what else? He, he's done uh, some other things with his career. I'm what about Doc plagiarizing everything? And, and it's actually even brought up even more in the second one. I'm a poet. Did you guys notice that? Like, every every little poem that he said was a plagiarized one. Like, he said, Somebody this else. is the bird by Doc Skurlock. Yeah. Know? And it was actually the raven by Edgar Allan Poe. <laughs> I, I thought it was funny. Anyway. I got three little tidbits about the movie. One is Tom Cruise is disguised with a mustache hiding behind the barricades during the shootout. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is the prostitute that Charlie went to see in the scene. Sure. The scene is actually longer in the original cut, and they had to cut some out for the time of the movie. And that's his mom. <laughs> that's pretty funny. He, he goes to see his mom for the first time in a long time, and it... It's in the special edition DVD. They have commentary, and his character. <coughs> so they he went to go see his mom, and they changed it from his mom to being his first person he slept with. Well, no, he never he never slept with. But he she just she just held him, and it was the first time he'd been held by a woman. That was really supposed to be like in the movie. That, that makes a lot more sense. Later on, he tells the gang that that's movie. his mom, but they cut that part out. And then the person that played Pat Garrett in Young Guns One was Patrick Wayne, and that is John Wayne's son. Huh. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. That is interesting. I didn't know that at all. Did you know that's what Tom from Monday Night Magic looks like? Have you seen his Twitter picture? 
I've never, I've never seen it before. I, I just it not saw it. It is Twitter. It is Twitter. It's Twitter. It's definitely Twitter. It's Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so you're gonna have to edit so much. I know. And I guess I'll just put it on my Quay. Quay <laughs> <laughs> to edit. Oh, Quay. It was Quay, wasn't it? But you can so, sit, you can sit and watch Star Trek while you edit it. That's true. I can. And riffle through <laughs> some cards. All right, so that's our take on Young Guns. You can check it out. We we recommend it. I think as a as a whole. I give the it, three of us. I give no, I would stars. not. No. I, I still you give it a contention. I give it five stars. Well, Are you serious? It's, it's a four star. That, I was going to say three and a half, four. Because, anyway, let's uh, let's get into fact or fiction. Fact or fiction is a little segment where we're going to tell you a story and you have to guess whether or not it was true or not. Thank you, Walt Flanagan, for inspiring us for this segment. Absolutely. Well, I think we had our own little inspiration as well. Huh. Actually, I told you you wouldn't have to go first, and I guess we won't make you. But, I will. I don't care. All right, tell us, tell us a story. Okay. Start with Once Upon a Time. Once Upon a Time, when I was 16, I thought it would be a good idea to get high with my girlfriend, Ashley, and her younger sister before school. So, we How do much it. younger? You're like two years younger. She was like 14. So you got a 14-year-old high. It, okay. it was her stuff, by the way. Okay, so a 14-year-old got you high. Right. Awesome. First time I had ever really gotten high, right before school, we go to school, I go to drama class, and I'm, we're getting ready for a play, and I'm sitting on stage painting something, and I thought I was painting something orange, but I later find out my hands were black, so it was black paint. So you were really high. I was really high. So anyway... I gave her younger sister, my girlfriend's younger sister, my car keys so that she could leave during lunch to go get high again. And I guess she was bragging about it. We all got caught. Security came in to the auditorium at the high school, called my name. I they couldn't... thought that you were intoxicated? Yeah, yeah. They knew. And I couldn't move. I just sat there until they came and pretty much picked me up off the floor and took me to the office. And then they sit us all down and tell us to, like, write our statements. And they want us to write it five times. And they they better match or we're in trouble. And I couldn't So what are they looking for? Like, <clears throat> they were looking statements. for us to pretty much give ourselves up. And that you, that you were smoking That we weed. were smoking weed. That we were high at school. And... Is it illegal to be high at school? It's not good. Well, yeah, obviously, no, it's, obviously not it's not good. I'm not condoning it. I'm just saying, is it illegal? Well, and her... I don't think so. The younger one, the 14-year-old, she had a pipe in oh, her okay. purse. Perfect. So, and then they searched my <clears throat> car because they had my car keys, which I thought was not legal, but okay, they can do it. Anyway, I pretty much said, you know what, I'm freaking stoned and <laughs> do what you need to do. So what happened? What was the ramifications? So I was expelled from school. <laughs> expelled for that entire year because you yes. were high. Yes. Wow. I wonder if that would still happen today. Yep. I don't know. They would probably even be worse today, dude. You they, think they, so? they, they, they crack down like ten times harder on anything at this school here. 
than when we were there. And I, I had to go to the stories. most sad and pathetic alternative school in the world. Was there nothing but Claire's have seen it. I've seen it's it. Sad. It's like boarded windows. Pathetic. Yeah. Like, it's horrible. Uh, but it's like the most easiest school. Like, you can... Most easiest. Yeah, but by science, yeah. the school is Exactly. <laughs> so you passed it. Yeah, I did. Well, I mean, it was just like, the teachers didn't care. They were like, just copy this page out of the book and you get an A. I mean, that was that. Unfortunately, what you just did gave away your story as being true. Yeah. Well, yeah. There. That's fact. I'm That's not sneaky. Fact. I'm not sneaky. No, no, I don't. It's I don't not the point, well. though. I'm not trying to say that you should have or shouldn't have. We shouldn't have known. Put it. But put it down. It's fact. <laughs> Definitely. Sorry. No, it's okay. I'm not a good liar. That's all right. All right. So I got a story for you guys. You want to hear? Absolutely. All right. Once upon a time, Josh and Sam lived in a garage apartment. There you go. And this garage apartment had conjoined bedrooms. The closet connected to both There's bedrooms. There's a name for that. What is it? No, I forgot. I'm going to call it conjoined. Hemingway closet. No. Someone like just yelling one, at their both ways. Anyways. Anyway. So, one day I go in and we're kind of having a party, but no, we were just always drunk back then. And <laughs> We drank a lot. <laughs> I decided that I hadn't seen Sam and Candace in a while, and so they were in their in in the bedroom. We were, we were just in, dating in the Sam's time. bedroom, and they were just dating. I didn't know Candace very well, and so she told the story next week. I decided to crawl through the closet, and when I get into the room, I see Candace's shoulders up, and Sam under the blanket. And he was, uh, uh, I don't know. I was going down on my wife. Yeah, he was going down on her. It was pretty much what was happening. So, I crawled through the closet. This me. I would know if this happened or not. not, Shut up. The listeners don't. I'm not done yet. (laughs) I crawl through the closet, and of course, me being me, I run over and I jump on Sam's back. And immediately, Candace starts freaking out, and she's like, Get off! What are what are you doing, <laughs> Sam? Stop! And and so, Sam, being Sam, just keeps you know doing his thing. And so I decide that it'll be a good idea while Sam finishes whatever he needs to do to go over and organize comic books in the same room while Sam is you know doing his thing. I jump over and I try to join him, and then she really freaks out like bad. But uh. We ended up. Well, it all ended up. <laughs> it all ended up that we left the room naked behind oh, a blanket. I we had just set up Patrick with Nicole, and they yeah. had just met for the first time, and they're hanging out in this the front room. Patrick and this girl Nicole were in the living room. Nicole and, Hardy. And we walk out, all three of us naked behind a blanket, <laughs> and yeah, it was pretty amusing. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna have to call that one back too. It was all fact except for the part where I tried to join. I never tried to join. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember that. I've heard the story like seven times. <laughs> I was going to make it better, but Sam kept ruining it, so... I was going to say that I got to join. Right. And that we three-weighed his wife. Well, this morning when I was dropping Cadis off to work, I, uh... She had, had more stuff that she was carrying than usual. Uh, if I remember properly, I had like a salad... 
like a her ja- like a jacket, a Red Bull, and her purse. So like, as she got out of the car, she was able to pick up everything except for her purse. I didn't realize that she had left her purse behind. This part is important. Um, well, so she get out, purse. and there's a her, her she had a friend that was out there, and she was talking to her and and everything, and she didn't really get the door shut really good all the way because she was going to go back for her purse. I didn't know this, so I reach over. And I, uh, I'm gonna shut the door a little better so I can go go back home because I didn't want to be there. And but she thought I was opening the door so she could get her purse. So I open the door just slightly, maybe like an inch, and I just pull it really hard so I can get it shut good enough because I didn't, I was, I couldn't reach. It was a long, it was a long reach. It's a big car. It's a Crown Victoria, and and so I couldn't open it very much. So I pull it really hard. She was started reaching in in that little half a second time window. She had to reach in and got all five of her fingers inside there, and uh, I ended up like breaking her knuckle and cutting into her middle finger knuckles like to the bone, and really really deep. And she got four stitches in her knuckle, and it was just really gross looking. And all went up. It's almost as big as my wiener right now. I should see this thing. It's huge. Her finger shrunk from getting it slammed in a door. It's weird, huh? But uh, it's her middle finger, so that was a small, really nasty. And it was just this, it was just this crazy wrong place, wrong time scenario. It was just nuts. And I uh, did that to my wife this morning. Sam has a small wiener, <laughs> and I have a small wiener. Fact or fiction? <laughs> Fact. Fact. Put it in the book. Sam has a small wiener. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's that's pretty much all our non-magic content. If you want to tune out, this would be the time when you want to get... Kiss me, kiss me, she said. This is not what I need. And a little more time to fool around. Little more time to lie, fall down. Wake me, wake me from the bathroom floor. Knowing nothing from nothing can ever be. Now Magic? And since Ashley knows nothing about magic, we're just going to jump right in. If you hear a talk, good for her. <laughs> Clarence came up with a deck list this week. Why don't you tell us about it, man? So I decided to make an extended deck, and I really like the card Dramatic Entrance, so I went with that. Dramatic Entrance is a five casting cost entrance, instant. It's two green and three colorless. Put a green creature card from your hand into play. So, how should we do this? Should I just read the deck well, list? What's and your idea? Like, tell us like, what you're wanting to do. I want to play Progenitus turn three. <laughs> Alright, that, that's where we're going. 
either how, how are you going to go either, about that? Clint? Either Progenitus, Woodfall Primus, or Imperial Archangel are my targets. Tell us a little bit uh, about these cards. Woodfall Primus costs 8, and he's a 6-6, six, six, and when he comes into play, destroy target non-creature permanent, and he has Persist. So, if he dies, you get to destroy more non-creature permanent. Uh, <coughs> Progenitus, everybody knows, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's two of each color. It's Woodbird Touch 2. 10-10, Trample... No. Not trample. Just 10 10. Protect your pro everything. You don't, why do you trample? Yeah. <laughs> pro, <laughs> pro everything. Damage reducers would still do it. And Imperial Archangel is but. one of in the deck, and it has. It's uh, four. Oh, I'm going to say this wrong. It's one green, two white, one blue. Yes. And if that's wrong. Sorry? It's eight. It's eight. You got it. Right, but I don't know if that's. I is don't know it, if it's two white. Is it a 5 8 flyer? Is that right? It's too white. Pretty sure it's a 4-8 flyer with Shroud that all damage dealt to you is dealt to it. Any damage dealt to you is dealt to... That's a built-in Pariah. Yeah, built-in Pariah. That's a good point. Pariah right, was a creature. Okay, so my... So how do you get to pick this What I, what I want to do is, is cast Dramatic Entrance on turn 3 or the end of their turn 3. Uh, so my, my... My list is 4 Birds of Paradise, 4 Noble High Arts, Four Lotus Cobras and two Devoted Druids. Sure. And Devoted Druid should maybe be a four of. What but is What's okay. Devoted Druid? I'm not sure. Oh, that's it's uh, one green colorless for a zero two that you can tap for a green mana and you can put a negative one negative one counter on oh, it to right, untap it. it. From Evatide, right? Yeah. yeah, it was part of the cool, cool spike combo. Absolutely. And then because I use Cobra, I my mana base is four Verdant Catacombs, four Misty Rainforest, four Marsh Flats, two Swamps, and nine Forests. Also in the deck, I use two Fauna Shamans to help find my targets. Wait, wait. Did you say Marsh Flats but no Plains or Swamps? Two Swamps. Oh, okay. I didn't hear you say two Swamps. What oh. are the Swamps for? Uh, hold on. Marsh Flats? I'll get to that. <laughs> Uh, two Fauna Shamans. I use four, uh, four of the Woodfall Primus because if you play them on turn three and blow up their lands, it's really fun. Uh, I use two Progenitus, one Imperial Archangel, four Dramatic Entrance, three Explore, uh, three Commune with Nature, which is one casting cost sorcery that says, look at the top five cards of your library, put a creature from those five cards into your hand, and the rest on bottom of your library. And then I use two copies of Makeshift Mannequin and two copies of Momentary Blink. Neither. So that if I get Woodfall Primus and I can blink it, it's a lot of fun. So after it has a Persist counter on it. <laughs> and, I, and I don't have the, you know, I don't have regular white or blue mana, but I have Birds and Hierarchs, which produce both, so... And the Cobra. And the Cobra. Uh, and that's the deck list. That's the whole list. So uh, what's the black mana for? Makeshift mannequin. Oh, okay. Okay. It gives me two extra ways other than birds and cobras. And then the sideboard that I put together for it yeah, is... I, go ahead. I'll talk about that in a minute. Go ahead. The sideboard that I have for it is four Cloud Threshers, uh, one Child of Alara for any kind, of, any kind of speed. It's a... Uh, no, it's a 5-5. Five five. Whenever it leaves play, it blows everything up. Oh, okay. And then three Kitchen Finks, three Vexing Chushers, so you're 
Dramatic entrance doesn't get countered, and four summoning traps. You have the Sasher's main, main deck? I've got sideboard. <coughs> that was all sideboard. All right. we'll, do, we'll do here very shortly after PT Amsterdam what the, the decks are going to be like at Extended and whatnot. Yeah, I guess until October. And I've done, I've, I've actually played this deck on Workstation quite a bit, and third turn for Genetis usually equals game over if they're not playing white. Actually, it always equals game over if they're not playing white. And then, uh, w- third turn Woodfall Primus is really good against, uh, fairies. The one thing I want to say for sure is you definitely want to go for four Pana Shamans. That guy's gonna, he's gonna be what makes your combo work. If you can get it off, he is so good. So good. And therefore, I think you would want, I, well, you got all those mana producers you can discard that you don't need late game. So yeah, you got plenty of discard targets. I mean, you don't want too many of those fatties in your hand if you get too many in. So definitely four shamans will speed your game up. So communion with nature and fauna shamans are the way you find your targets? Yeah. I like it. I like the communion with nature. It, it, it'll go well with summoning trap even. Like when you put that in from the board. Yeah. Uh, what what triggers the summoning trap? I don't remember. If a creature you play was countered this turn. Okay, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, totally. What's the guest? Six. Yeah. Which also works with yeah. my mana base. I can still do that on turn three. I, uh, one game I was playing online, I had Hierarch into Cobra, and then I got to play Explore the next turn. So, and I had two fetches in my hand, so I had very nice. Stupid amounts of mana. Any other card choices you want to question before I get into it? Uh, well, outside of, like, what do you. If you'll notice, notice that most rat decks these days, they, they're using the instance and sorcery land searches, like, I'm sorry, I guess there's no instant, they're using, like, cultivate and rampant growth and explore as opposed to the creatures. Now, that totally goes against what I was just saying with the fauna shamans, but that seems to, to work better. Now, I realize how nice it is to go first turn hierarch, second turn cobra in the fetch land into whatever the hell you want, silliness you want to do. But, like, it, it just seems to be more consistent when using the instants and sorceries because you're, A, you're putting, uh, things that aren't going to get destroyed. Go ahead. This is where you talk. I don't even know what that You means. were mid-sentence. I was mid-sentence. Well, because you're, like, your creatures can get destroyed and you can just be screwed like an early pyroclasm and you're like, screw that, I'm just going to get beat this game. Because you have no ramp and you have all these fatties in your hand that you're not going to be able to play. And see, that's why I added Explore. Because Explore helps a lot. Yeah, too. yeah. Explore is totally <coughs> good. I, it, it's, it's legit, man. That's a really good card. Uh, but, I mean, that's just something to think about. Now, if you, want, if you wanted to go like a whole different route with it, that seems to be a more consistent working. Because, like, as you know, creature-based mana can just get, you know, you can get screwed. Especially when you start becoming reliant on it. Just something to think about. Right. Like, I mean, have you guys noticed that in all the uh, ram decks that they've, they've veered away from Birds of Paradise, Hierarchs and Cobras? Using rapid growths and... Just spells as opposed to... Spells as opposed to permanents, absolutely. Because, like, it'll put the lanes into play and your lanes don't seem to get messed with that much. Well, that... No, well, this Destructive Force is making a showing, and I think it's even going to make a bigger showing once we, uh... Post-rotation, yeah. Post-rotation, and yeah. I don't know, because you're seeing it pop up here and there now, but, you know... Yeah, it's ultra-powerful. Once we get like a more limited card choice, and it'll be there. I, I mean, think. Wildfire was always a viable option, and this is, seems a little better. 
So, do you think it's better than Wildfire? I mean, this is that—that's a big no, thing. No, like, I don't know. I, I think it's different. Yeah, it's different. It's comparable. It's comparable. I think I totally think it should have Planeswalkers. How great would it have been if they would have said, "End this five damage to every Planeswalker." That'd be so great. Yeah. But didn't it? Anything yeah. else you want to put? Uh, I don't know. Do you have anything? To Absolutely. Let me see your I, Oh, and why not Emrakul? Is it just too? Because it's not green. Well, first I did want to start off dramatic mentions oh. as a green creature. I see. I did want to say that you, I would switch from permanents to spells to produce more mana. Uh, I just I've seen a lot of ramp decks, and as opposed to someone putting tapping one forest and putting down a hierarch that gets bolted, you know, and it kind of screws up your entire curve. Well, that's and I actually thought of that, and that's why there are so many. That's why I have fourteen creatures that produce mana, and they work well with the fond elements because I want to discard. Yeah, you know, it's like that. Right. Yeah, I, I've that's another thing. I want to bring up the Y Shaman as opposed to like Primal Command or even you have so many trip down here. Why not just use one of those? Because Fauna Shaman costs two, and it finds my targets pretty much every time. I guess, but then it's something you have to protect. I have no idea what she means by that. And I, okay, so basically, what you're trying to do is just get like a huge she- creature out. Polymorphic creature out. <laughs> right. Um, so I want to ask you about why Wall Primus as opposed to the Eldrazi. You need the Eldrazi. Because it's green. Dramatic yeah, entrance says a green creature from your hand on the play. Okay. That, yeah. that, that does like restrict it a lot. The reason Woodfall Primus instead of Terastodon is because. The elephants? Because Terastodon is a 9 9, no trample. Woodfall Primus is a 6-6, six, six, but it has Trample. And you don't make, like... Because I've thought about Terastodon blow up my own stuff and have 18 power on the board. Which would be good. And I've thought about Terastodon give them two elephants and I keep a 9-9. Nine, nine. And, okay. and a 3 It just seems like Woodfall Primus doesn't win you the game as much as it's just fun. Here's what I think. Let's cut the Fauna Shamans, the Cobras, the High Arcs, and the Devoted Druids... Birds, we can put in like the rampant growth, the cultivate, uh, the fourth explorer, uh, maybe Sylvan Ranger, and then we can put uh, Primeval Titan. No, the Sylvan Ranger doesn't put into play, does it? Oh, but it puts it in your hand, but it no, won't. it's not the same. Okay, you sure, won't. whatever. You, you you may, maybe cut the everything Ranger. you're playing needs to go into play. Sure, okay, so cut that. But Primeval Titan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'll heal and. Just like one basic land of every color or whatever, so you could. Yeah, that was something else I was going to bring up. Is you got this all this ramp and you're trying to get this creature into play. If some reason you are playing white or maybe even something else, it's maybe another option. You, you need another way to win. I also like. I would also like to see one overwhelming stampede. One copy this, of. You have all this mana and you can search for just about anything. Why not be able to play a spell that says pretty much win the game? You know, if the spell's cast. Um, <clears throat> and also, I love all the Nyx lists. Well, here's something else. you play a lot of lands. Instead of, uh, you mean, Marsh Flats, just stick with your Catacombs and use, um, the, the Doran land. What's it called? Uh, oh, Murmuring yeah. Bots. Murmuring right. Bots. You can search it out with your Catacombs because it's a forest. Absolutely. And it gets you your black mana. Yeah. I did not think of that. That would be hot. But I was going to yeah. say, I don't think Momentary Blink is... A good one. I know that it's good with the Woodfall Primus, but you can't even target your progenitors. Or 
Imperial Archangel because that's Shroud. So I don't, I don't like that card. I do like. I the, love that card, but not in this deck. I do like the mannequins. I'd like to see. I like the mannequins. Well, as well, it was my original list was four makeshift mannequins, but I dropped it down to two with the, and put the blinks in because well, it saves whatever. Like, if any of my, if I'm gonna go off and my. Also, with the murmuring boss, you can mana creatures die. I can blink them as well. You you have white mana, which I say you can cut the blinks and you won't need to, but you can run uh, silences in your board. Love silence or mana tie. Because what you're trying to do is a big, big spell. So you play silence. And you say I get. Ooh, to I like that. Get a to lot. Go better. You play silence and you get to do whatever you want. Especially in this format where we're going to see fairies everywhere. I, I don't like, just know. I hate I just, it. It's a fact that we like, are. Uh, I've cut Shusher for silence, and I probably have four silences and then two other cards. I'm sure there's Green's got a spell that says Autumn spells spell. you can't you can't be counted for the rest of this turn. Autumn spell. Okay, there you go. That's the one we discussed, but, uh, but yeah, it can't, yeah, yeah. can't be countered by blue or black sources and can't be the target of blue or creatures you control can't be targeted. How much does that cost? One green. One green. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that would be so good like because the only problem I've had online is mana leak and cryptic command. <laughs> so yeah, those both cost one doesn't really mess with your curve, not to mention this way to turn. Um, well, I get six mana on turn three if I have the creature... Right. And it seems like Search. like you can run this this package, and you can put out a creature that ends up doing all kinds of crazy stuff and wins you the game, and you can make your sideboard so that you can switch into almost a, an entirely different deck. And see, and I've thought about another target of using Hellkite Overlord, because it's an 8-8 Flying Trample, I also yeah, like it green. and it has green-black that I, I can... Is green. No, I know. I'm just saying, to something else you could board in. But uh, Hellkite Overlord is one green, one black to regenerate, and those are the two colors that I was actually using. So, well, that, that's another thing. I was going to say this is very comparable to the Hypergenesis deck of last year. Like uh, you're wanting, to, you're wanting to turn three, turn four, put out. It is very one say, trick. Say I'm, I'm going to win the game if you don't stop this right now. It is very one trick pony. If you play white and they wrath. You pretty on. much lose. It'd be pretty neat to see if you did. Which is like another reason to use Hellkite or Bogarden. With the creature ramp, like Realm Razor, you know, you have all this, these creature man producers, and you like just sneak out Realm Razor real early. Just, how how do you lose after that? You know. Well, as Sam has said, you can cut the dramatic entrance, and you've got all this ramp. You don't necessarily need to do it on turn three. Yet. If you can get, uh, you can cut dramatic entrance. I'm not. I'm saying keep in the main, and you can switch into the Hellkite. Add a little red. Add things that are going to come into play and win you the game right then. Uh, yeah, it's basically just a whole different deck. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. I like what you're doing. The big but creatures. it's good. It's it's good to be able to switch your deck to a whole new deck and extend it because like because so, everybody's going to board for mm -hmm. you and if you it, it is. It's a good idea. That tape and maybe you have something to mess with. Like and you could even go with more like a the card we were just talking about. Devastating. Devastating. The destructive force. Destructive force. Thank you. Yeah, you can make it more into a land D deck. You remember that I, that Grand Prix? That's, that's essentially what it becomes when Primus is your target. I mean, you're that's your nine creature from that you're blowing up. And splashing red, you're gonna have a lot more options. You remember that Grand Prix that uh, Brian Ware did really well out? He was so proud of, and he played Tomohiro Saito, and he actually beat him because like he was boarding out his Thopter depths, the uh, Thopter, boarding out his combo into a different deck, and then. 
they kept boarding in against his deck, but he wasn't playing that deck pretty much anymore, and that's and he did really well because of that. Actually, at FNM this last week, that happened to me. Like, I played Joe Lyon, and he was playing, um, what's it called? Conscription. Mythic Conscription. And, uh, I he's, keep... He's playing Phonic Conscription. Phonic Conscription, sure. Whatever. Yeah. It's a it's completely different deck. No, it's not. Yeah. It's Mythic Conscription with Phonic Challenge. Yeah, but it's, binds and it's just it's more yeah, aggro. Yeah, it, it, there's a there's not, probably a twenty card difference. <laughs> anyway, in my board I keep board uh, demystifies because it seems like there's always an enchantment deal, and I put him in against him, knowing that he was playing that, and he boarded out all of his inscriptions. Went an aggro, on and him. I, I'm drawing dead on these demystifies. Like I got nothing. So, so you lost that game. Oh, you did lose. I lost that game. That game. Okay. I, yeah. You game. won the round. Yeah. We didn't. Yeah, I haven't even brought that up. But uh, Josh and I both played FNM this week. Oh, are we done with the deck list? Yeah, I think so, unless you guys want to talk about anything else on it. What do you think? Uh, yeah, do you have any rebuttals to our positions? No. I definitely like the Hellkite Overlord idea. Yeah, me too. He's such a good it creature. It seems like it's better than... It's what I wanted to put He's in. He's tasty, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that... And totally. regeneration. It's what I, I wanted to put in. I I thought Imperial Archangel for red deck wins. You know, all their spells do a little bit of damage, but not enough to kill it. Not eight in a turn usually, yeah. but I I wanted to fit it in. I just didn't know where to fit it in. Sure. All right. So F and M. Sam and I uh, did first and second, and we split. We haven't actually played. We have our decks here. We're, we might actually play after we're all done, just to find out who would have won. Yes. Uh, we posted on Twitter, and there was a couple of people who wanted deck list, and I never even responded to that because I was tired when I saw it. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I I played pretty much a typical Naya Shaman deck. Um, it was good. It's pretty typical. My board, it was really sucked. I like. Did last you do any innovations of your own? Uh, I was completely prepared to talk about something else. Uh, uh just in the sideboard, really. Uh, I, last definitive I went to, there was like. Probably two to, two to one, everyone playing red. Like red was everywhere, red deck or red black everywhere. So I was like, okay, I'm gonna build my sideboard just totally meta meta gaming against red. There was only one red deck this week, and we had three vampire decks and three planeswalker decks and like three green aggro decks. So I'm just like, ugh. So and I, but I ended up did playing the red dude uh, round two though. So like, at least I got used out of my sideboard. How'd game two go? I, <laughs> I lost because I never saw a white man and I was holding two core firewalkers beating myself up. <laughs> like, I kept it because I had birdies and then he just killed my birdies and I was like, this sucks. Which is exactly the reason why I'm saying you should switch to spells. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> like, the, the, the creature worked very well with Shaman, though. I mean, obviously. For obvious reasons. Uh, you lost one round. I did, I did. I did lose one round to a, a Planeswalker control deck. It was blue-white, splash-red for Johnny Vengeance. Um... I made it? a the first game he beat me straight up. It was Scotty, and he he beat me straight up. He really did. Uh, I, second game, I just kept a stupid hand. I shouldn't have kept it. I did, like I think my lowest casting spell was Bloodbraid Elf in my hand, and then I uh, completely forgot the Night the Relic we could net a mana, which could have got me like a whole bunch of crap early on because I hadn't been on the three life at one point, and I had a Path Exile in my hand. And he had a wall, two wall denials and one wall of omens. But he made deck four wall denials. That just yeah. What do you do with fauna shaman against that? There's there's not much. Just get big knife reliquies and run him over. That's that was my only plan against it. Uh, but anyways, I 
if I would have just pathed the stupid wall of omens, I could have got in with like four more damage, thus winning the game. But like at the time, it was just it was me getting him down to the life total, and I was like, you don't path the exile of wall of omens. I put two path the exiles because he was he had bane slayers, and I just wanted to be able to get them out of the way and not have to worry about that. So that's why I boarded in a couple paths, and uh, so I yeah two paths wall wall of omens. So that 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 lost me the game against control. I would especially when you're aggro. Yeah, well, I know that now. <laughs> that was game two, and I made that and, like, one or two other just stupid little mistakes. Like, I forgot to play a land one turn. Like, my fourth land drop. I had it in my hand, Aaron Mesa, in my hand, the longer but the I game, didn't play it. Because anytime you're playing against control, the longer the game goes on, the more it goes into the control's favor. Oh, yeah, I know. And that game went a while. So, <laughs> you're ramping them, but it doesn't matter because most of their spells do cost big, and they're going to get there eventually, it's, so you get in there faster. Yeah, he was playing, like, Four deprives, four mana leaks, and four cancels, and it was just, that's just really awkward. It was walls, and then nothing but planeswalkers and bane slayers from there. Taco stuff. It was a really pretty deck, foil Gideon, foil bane slayer. Uh, but I should have won. I should have won because I, I, Josh was playing planeswalkers, and I never played him, but I played the other guy playing the planeswalker control deck, and I just ran him over. He didn't do one point of damage to me both games, and well, what so I, I know I could beat him. What I want to bring up is I, I wasn't really playing planeswalker. You put that up on Twitter that I was playing Super Friends, and I went. Really Dude, it was totally Super Friends with Scepter of Dominance. No, I didn't. It's like, no, it's not totally. at all. It's a completely different deck. I just I riffled through it <laughs> when I got here. Rifled. Oh, yeah. oh whatever. I through it. I so wish that I would a sideboard from now on. I'm, I'm jinxed. Idol's going to be in my sideboard <laughs> against Control. You know how much that would wreck Control. It's like yeah. you're not going to sack your your you're going to animate Gideon and sack him to give me jinxed. Idol. No. Well, that's the thing. I wasn't running. Okay, my my deck list starts off like this. I was playing. Uh, my curve was two all of omens and four mana leaks and two flash freeze in the main deck. My three drops were three adept, chase Berlin, and scepter of dominance and something else. I don't remember. Wall of Obits. Well, that, 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 was, was, that, was, that was my two drop. And then a four, I was playing one Jace the Mind Sculptor, four Johnny Vengeance, and Wrath, uh, Day of Judgment. And then Wrath of Day of Judgment. Wrath of Day of Judgment. Wrath of Judgment. <laughs> right. That's what they're going to print next, and it's going to piss us all off. Uh, it's going to say the exact same thing. It says, creatures can't persist. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck, wizards? Destroy all indestructible creatures. Right. What? <laughs> um, my five slot was Bane Slayers and... Jace's Ingenuity. Jace's Ingenuity in my main deck. Which and I didn't like Jace's Ingenuity. Oh, it, it's so great, especially when you're running out of steam and they've killed your Jace's. I played your deck earlier today. I'll tell you about that in a minute, though. Go on. And uh, you draw three cards, pulls back up your hand, just get you what you need. And then... Um, Six was Sun Titan, and if you go back through what I just said, Sun Titan brings back um, over half my deck, and that's that was my deck list. And I was playing all kinds of meta stuff in the sideboard, just regular stuff. Nothing. Sun Titan really is so good. Yeah, Sun Titan so was bringing back my Wall of Omens, my Ether Depths, my Scepter Dominance, my O Rings. I, I was playing four O Rings in the main deck too. And that was they were getting brought back Why? as well. Isn't that good called Agri Adept? No, maybe. Agri-adept? Two blue, one colorless. Two, two, when it comes into play, it announces it target creature. No, it's two blue, one colorless. That's what I said. Oh, okay. It's Aether Adept. I'm pretty certain. Uh, but yeah, that's so sick. I, I would kept thinking, man, if I had Jinx, I'd all sack the Aether Adept every turn just to get I him think, back with Sun Titan. I and think the real innovation on my deck was uh, two Flash Freezes main deck, just because there was so much of uh, the conscription that I played against Joe Sam's deck oh, was running. 
uh, lots of green creatures. I played red deck. Oh, and Elspeth. I was running two Elspeths in the main deck as well. That was also in the four slot. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that was our deck list. And yeah, and we, we took it all the way, first, second, split. It was pretty nice. Oh, four mystif- or two Mystifying Maze in the, in the lands. Which is really good. When you get, like, Scepter Dominance and Mystifying Maze, aggro just sighs and passes the turn. <laughs> it's pretty great. Yeah. I, when I played your, I played your deck against Vatopolis earlier today, and uh, he was playing, like, a just like this white aggro deck, I guess? I don't know. And he had, like, uh, white knights and the Knight Extemplars, but then he had, like, Wall of Omens and Baneslayer Angels and... Um, Honor appears, and he kept getting a Miri online and annoying me. And uh, I w- got to the point where, like, I could beat him, but I'm holding three Jace's Ingenuity in my hand and a handful of lands. I only had six cards left in my library, and I and like I was like, should I risk playing one? Will it give me something I need to, to well, just that, play that doesn't happen them? that often. Yeah, you oh. can't say Jace's Ingenuity is good gonna... because of that. <laughs> Well, yeah, just like I drawn the whole deck. You said there was this full deck because of Jay Valerian, like just drawing me two cards since turn three. You know, it was just, it was just like I just felt like I didn't need it. I guess in that matchup, maybe just bored out yeah, Jace's ingenuity. Yeah, maybe. And there was there was a couple times when I did. I finally I finally beat him because I a Johnny Vengeance Ultimate and <laughs> got rid of the stupid Emiria. I gotta say that yeah, throughout the tournament, I got to blow up lands three times. You got to settle up a Johnny's. Johnny's ultimate is amazing, yeah. Like, because he's also played Student of Warfare, so those were just coming back and just paid all of his mana to it every turn, having a 6-6 six, six double strike, thanks to the pures. Even though I had three Scepter of Dominance out, That's why I would have had to... Uh, yeah, uh, I would have had a fourth, but he had O-Ring Blood. And then That's I O-Ring his O-Ring, then he O-Ring my, my Scepter of Dominance again, and I was like, That's annoying. That's another play I made. I was playing against one of the people Sam was talking about, those using the Planeswalker control with Gideon, and I... Oblivion ringed one of his Gideons next turn he taps down plays another one and I had to demystify to kill the O-ring both of them came to play and died it was awesome yeah a way to return the O-rings would have just been amazing to, to reset O-rings and whatnot. but like what, what do you how do you do that besides like the royal I don't know anyway regress maybe let's, I don't get, know. let's get into the story or the news about the, the little subject okay well about a week ago we had the vintage championships sure uh, one. See, I never looked at the deck list. I only heard people talk about it, and I, I that, that's where I felt I should have looked it up, but I didn't. I had a really busy day, guys. I'm sorry. I, my phone was dead. I've been to text Josh. Say, find got. this deck list for me. Well, I know that the first and second place decks were the exact same 75 cards. Really? Yes. Like, what did the what did the guy who designed the deck was playing it? It is Buddy, and they got first and second. But the deck list contained four Jace the Mind Sculptor. Okay. In a vintage championship tournament, like the vintage tournament, the one a year, you know, yeah. that like Collingwood scribbed out of. Uh, <laughs> he was really excited about trying to do something with it, but yeah. Uh, so since this happened and I that, and I heard about this, I this week I've done a lot of sitting around reading articles at family's house that I was bored at. So I read a lot of magic articles on Channel Fireball, Mana Deprived, sixty cards. Read a lot, and I, I came across three different articles from three different people that saying like Jason Mind Sculptor is way too overpowered in vintage. Now I, we all know Jason Mind Sculptor to be a great card, you know, well, obviously at the seventy eighty dollar price mark. Okay, okay. Uh, 
I would have personally not imagined him being broken and vintage. Maybe good, maybe usable. Definitely usable. But broken and vintage? This is what people are saying. This this was the case, that he was everywhere at the vintage tournament. Uh, and so there's actually people calling for the banning or restriction. Uh, they're not going to ban him in vintage, but uh, the restricting of him in vintage. What's Even if people use the word banning, they don't ban things in vintage. Yeah. What so is it about him that, that people can't get around? I don't play vintage, I got it. Well, Uber utility, getting him out there, it just he replaces so many other cards that they would normally use. I guess. I don't know. In the way he can just set up any combo. Like Vintage, you have just about every combo available, What's breaking right? him? Why are they saying that's breaking? Uh, I, I, no, what? I don't remember ever just like just one reason. Like, I don't know. That it was the just, power of the, the, the power is 2.0. The power, yeah. It was just... Uh, I, well, if that's, if that's true, then it should be banned or restricted in every format because if Vintage is the most open and it's... Exactly. And I disagree with that completely. Well, I've well, never that, that, that's what that brings it up. Like, yeah, I don't think that it's too overpowered in standard. I really don't. I well, honestly don't. When my opponent plays Jason Weinsculper, I don't sweat it. I'm just like, look, I get to kill that. Right. Or I'm going to win anyways. He it's not true that. that because it's powerful and vintage, it should be banned in every format. Because. I think this is just power. And vintage, they have com- way more combo decks. They have way more ways to set it up, and they have ability to play Jason Mind Sculptor turn one. And standard, you're playing Jason Mind Sculptor on turn three. Three baby, yeah. Okay, but vintage games are 12, 12 turns at the most. Yeah, thirty, like right. I saw a lot of no, matches. Just turn, more than thirty seconds. If first saying, turn you're playing a combo deck, and you you're, play, you're still playing the same amount of spells, and so is the other person. So even if you are playing Jason on turn one, it's it's comparable to playing it on turn four in standard. I think it just shows like the the power creep. Ultimately, like saying, okay, it's not overpowered in, in standard, but it, it, it people are saying like pros are saying it's overpowered in vintage. Does that not show power creep to the T? I mean, it's a. I, I totally disagree. There's so many answers. I mean, just I'm not saying there's not answers. But I, I guess I don't understand the argument. It's broken. Then. I don't. I, I guess I'm not familiar with a lot of vintage mainstay vintage decks. Like I, I, I know some of them, but I mean they change every year. You know, that's that. It's I don't know. It's the least healthy format because stuff doesn't change that often. But I don't know. I need to look at all the deck lists from the vintage yeah, championships. Yeah, I, I don't. I like, guess without information, I I can't. I, you know, I watched. I watched one match. Some guy recorded a match played at it, and I watched it. And dude went turn one, uh, mock black mock jet, uh, some land. I can't remember what it was because it mattered. All he did was tap and play bull take key, and uh, and that was it. Passed the turn. End of his opponent's turn. He plays vampiric tutor, searches out time vault, top decks it, plays it. Somehow I think. Like put out like a lotus petal and a land and sack to play time bolt and tap to the voltaic key point scoops everything up because at that point you can untap bolt, uh, time bolt or yeah time bolt every turn you know and just take endless turns from that point with voltaic key time bolt you know so there was no point to keep playing you okay. see you see what I'm saying this that's vintage well, that's <laughs> thirty second matches how is Jace the mind sculptor Overpowered there and not in standard. It's I don't know. You're the mind. ones that read the article. You're the one that brought up the story. I thought you had a pro or a con, so I could go one way or the other. I, I could bring it up in maybe some highlights or something. Well, I'm just like, what's the argument? 
that it should be you're saying that it should be restricted or I'm not saying that at all I'm saying I was shocked to find why are these people people saying that it should be restricted I don't understand why you can just change your meta and have a plan for it because obviously oh you totally could and I think that's exactly what's going to happen but when you have one vintage tournament a year it's no it's not there's more than one yeah there is okay one one major vintage yeah one pro tour vintage what vintage champion Right. Here's something in that in that vintage uh, tournament you're speaking of. Did they allow proxies? That I'm not sure of. I don't think they do for like the vintage championship of the year. I think that that most vintage tournaments that take place, grab me a drink, please. I don't care. Uh, most vintage like tournaments that take place at card shops or whatnot, and like they might be even a little larger, like run by uh, TCG player Star City. Like yeah, I think there's ones that will go up to like ten proxies. I think is what they allow. Is it 10? I thought it was like 12 or something. 14 even. I don't remember. The power 9 and then whatever else you don't have. have. <laughs> yeah. Whatever other deck, whatever deck you're I playing. Think, yeah, maybe, maybe it is 10. Maybe it is so you can cover your power 9 and then whatever other card. But I doubt the world championships do that. I think yeah. you have to have the cards. Really? Play. See? I don't know. Because if you're playing Magic for a living... You should have those cards. But so if you're playing, if you're playing, if you're playing at this tournament, yeah, you have if you're vintage you, at this level. You, you have at least the pieces, cards. the pieces you need. Because like you know, not every vintage that plays every piece of Power Nine. Most of them don't play Time Twister, if nothing else. So, oh come on, I tried to bring up the order, and I got internet server error. <laughs> well, I don't know until I find out why they're arguing that it should be restricted, which. You know, I, don't I think it just sets up too much, man. It just like says, okay, here's the card you need right here on top. <laughs> and no offense, I wish, we something. I wish we had more information because now we're just coming across like, no, we don't know. We should have, you know, we're talking about a subject that we didn't research at all. I, but I've read these articles. I right, just but don't you, remember like any well, one. Well, I wouldn't remember, I guess, is what I'm saying. I just don't remember like one continuous argument for this same thing. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Because it does seem like Vintage would have every answer. But, like, what what other Planeswalker get played in Vintage? I'm not... It's not the I, point. It's the point that one card made in, it's not for the current look. standard. you got to think about cards that were restricted. Like, Windfall was restricted for a while. Yeah. And we nobody understood that. But then, when you have no cards in your opponent, and you're refilling your hand, and your opponent has to discard his hand... And draw seven. I mean, it's yeah, but we're not. I understand. You you just gave the argument for a win ball, right? I At one point in time, there was a deck that just really abused windfall. Is why, but like you know, when they re- like they, the wizards have said, you know, we okay. Well, we just paused and took a break. Well, we actually just did a little bit more research into uh, why Jason Mind Sculptor might have been banned. Uh, the Restricted. Or why or why people want it restricted and why we still can't figure out why it's more powerful in vintage than in standard. So that we were gonna put that out to you guys. Why do you think that is? Uh, basically what all we're seeing here looking at the top eight deck lists and people's opinions on it is a lot of vintage uh, the deck lists they're playing a lot of one ofs because there are different pieces to a combo or they're all restricted cards and they do their own, you know, degenerative thing each. What Jason the Mind Sculptor does for you, not only is he, he can he act as an answer to a lot of these degenerative cards, he also seeks out your own and sets up your hand, sets up your, your deck better. I mean, you can... Uh, Basically, my thoughts on it are Brainstorm is restricted in 
Vintage, he lets you brainstorm every turn. Okay, let's say that... that so okay. you take a, a card that was so good in Vintage that it was restricted and make it happen every turn. Well, and also, okay, let's say your opponent, Vampiric Tutors, puts that card on top of his library. I activate Jace's plus two ability. Let's put it on the bottom of your library. It's like, well, thank you for being retarded <laughs> enough to Vampiric Tutor during your... Before uh, yeah, your, giving you an opportunity. That's probably not going to happen, huh? Okay, well, that was something that just occurred to me. <laughs> you could do that. We'll would be try not to neat. talk about Vintage in the future. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very curious about Vintage, and I found this to be very interesting. But uh, as Josh told me during our break, uh, people don't care about Vintage as a whole. As most people don't. So, I mean, and there's plenty of other ways to get your Vintage fill. So right, like, We're going to try to steer away from it somewhat. Well, it's not really talking about Vintage. We were talking about Jace the Mind Sculptor that was being used in Vintage, and I think... Talking about the argument of it would have been interesting, but it was only those top two decks using Jason Mind Sculptor out of the top eight decks, by the way. So I okay. don't know. I don't know that like where else he was. It might have been just this one deck. And from what I can tell, the only way this deck has to win is the Inkwell Leviathan getting that out somehow, cheating him out, I guess, or maybe I don't know. I guess you can get a lot of mana and vintage, and or just getting like the like I said, the infinite turn with the time bolt. Uh, so. There you go. So, you know, but we I do want to hear you guys' thoughts if anybody has any thoughts about this of Jason Mind Sculptor and Standard versus Jason Mind Sculptor and Vintage. Well, uh, and all I want to know is how is Trigon Predator so good? That's awesome. It's, it is. Is it? And you imagine, I love yeah. Trigon Predator. It's like, okay, I'm going to blow up your bull take key and just run your day, you know? It's it's, it's amazing. It's awesome. They didn't run time twisters, so they're not getting it back. Uh. So I look. I I want to look at all the decks. Oh, I I don't know how many players were at this vintage tournament, but uh, I only got to look at the top eight decks just now. I'm I'm gonna start searching because I know somewhere in there is a banding deck, and I want to see where he went wrong. I'm gonna take this deck and I'm gonna make it better. But next time we'll talk about banding. All music for Raiders of the Fairies Puzzle Box is provided by Hearts for Hire. You can find them on Facebook. Hearts for Hire.